Brian, I have this distant memory of a fourth new state that's not New York, New Hampshire, or New Mexico. I don't know what about would that it one. possibly be. Not sure what you're talking about. No, it's, it's called Nebraska, not Newbraska. Right. I mean, maybe that's it. I just I have this memory of standing by this pool with some ducks, and I mm. just I can't really can't really shake it, you know. Hmm. 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 Yeah, I don't. I I also I can't I can't speak to what that might have been. I mean, I yeah. woke up this morning. I got myself a gun. Yeah. My mama always told me I'd be the chosen one. Oh, I don't know what. I are you? Is this a song? Is I don't know what you're. Star Wars referencing. No. no, I just. Okay, cool. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. So many possible worlds, but we got this one. Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the first and only podcast unafraid to stick its fingers into Jesus's wet, wet holes. <laughs> Oh, I'm no. the worst of no. all possible Brian's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst of all possible AJs. I am going to hell. Uh, I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. Um, and today oh we're going to talk about the fuckability of Jesus Christ. That's right, folks. But um, not of his voice actor. Not of his voice. Uh, <laughs> that voice actor. Oh, boy. We'll get, so bad. We'll get there. Um, yeah. But for those of you who have not listened to the show before... We are the worst of all possible worlds, and basically what we do is we examine pop culture from all the angles, we figure out why it sucks, and we also imagine what would it be like in a world that didn't suck. And uh, one of the things that we like to do on this show in a semi-regular recurring series is to talk about Adventures in Odyssey. That's right. For the, this is a uh, children's radio show uh, that really peaked in the 90s, created by Focus on the Family, the evangelical Christian conservative organization uh, located in Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80995. This is, of course, before they're in Colorado Springs, Colorado, but who gives a shit? That's that, that's what they're known for. Yeah, that's right, because at this point in the episodes, they don't have, that's the very famous tag age. Yeah, they're still in California. Oh. I think they get to Colorado Springs in the early 90s, and there are some interesting news stories that come out of the construction of that site that we will definitely get into when we get to that point in time. Uh, so I, uh, the worst of all possible ages, have never actually, I uh, did not grow up with this show, so we've been sort of working our way through it, and I have been listening to it for the very first time, and it has been uh, a journey uh, through the nine circles of hell for me. Um, and I think it was very interesting after two weeks listening to these episodes uh, because it was amazing how quickly, after hearing uh, John Whitaker's voice, that a white-hot rage spread throughout every fiber of my being. This episode, we are going through five episodes here, and this first section is a two-parter called The Imagination Station, which is a new invention by John Avery Whitaker, or Wit, the proprietor of Wit's End, as we know him, and... Uh, as we know him and um, <laughs> the imagination station comes from the writers wanting to do something where like a kid gets embedded into a historical story or a Bible story. Um, and they, they played around with this a couple times. The first episode that they did this with was one about the American revolution where a kid's like, I have to do a project about the American revolution. And he goes to the library and then he gets hit on the head by a book 
Good. Suffers severe brain trauma, but then ends up like seeing the Declaration of Independence get signed. Isn't that the uh, plot of Day of the Tentacle? <laughs> is that the plot of Day of the Tentacle? No, 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 it's not. no, no, no. But, but, but you is... do go back to the Revolutionary War times. Oh, that's you funny. invent the and hoagie. It, and yeah, and um, and Bernard does hit his head on the uh, grandfather clock when he's going down into the room. So I'm just saying there, there, and, there's and, some. And there's this whole bit when he does the in in the Revolutionary War episode where the kid just responds to everything with, "Oh wow, oh wow," <laughs> and all of the founding fathers are like. Oh wow, oh wow. Is this some kind of Indian saying? Oh no. Wow. wow. Yeah. Uh I mean, obviously oh, they boy. learned from their mistakes a little bit because yeah. at least this episode so, seems I mean, a little then more. Wit decided to uh introduce the environment enhancer, which was just Wit telling someone a story oh. as they sat on a stool in the corner of the Bible room with a pair of headphones on. And then they imagined themselves in the world of uh, the, the one episode where they use this is Connie gets to see David and Goliath happen. Um, oh, so and we, they're like, this sucks. So we're going to make a whole like big science fictiony device that actually does the job. I right? would just like to I would like to ask a very pressing question. Did Wit invent 4DX? Is that what you're yeah. saying? At various mm-hmm. points during the Bible story, did he punch Connie in the back of the head? <laughs> You're when, asking when if the donkey punched Connie? Yes. Is that what you're saying, AJ? <laughs> yes, it is It is what I'm saying, because that was my experience watching Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets in 40X <laughs> after being sprayed in the face with that, what, what I was told was not water. They never clarified what it was, but it was not water. Nice. Legally. Nice. Well, so the, the yeah, the, and then in, did the Room of Consequences come about before this as room well? Room of was Consequences that also... comes later. And then the transmogrifier comes later. Right. They're all the same invention. We'll right. see that later. They're all the exact same thing. They're all just some kind of AI-driven simulator that Wit makes. It's just that the imagination station goes into the past. Why not just right. t- steal the TARDIS idea? Like, why not well, just combine all of actually, these things? Actually, AJ, this is a good question. Um, I'm just wondering, what do you think the imagination station looks like? Um, so in my head, it's like a, it's like kind of like a... S- a sweat lodge it's like a little <laughs> it's like a little tiny igloo thing that's just uh-huh. made of metal like it it would it would like go over your head it's like a giant uh colander is that uh, uh, the thing you colander colander <laughs> <Calander. laughs> you know you know that from my from my folksy southern upbringing yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, colander yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's how they say it down there that's that for is, sure that is, that is dripping 100%. water out of there like a damn colander <laughs> i'm i'm excited to tell you because I discovered this later, too, because I always thought it was a box. Yeah, what does it look uh, like? like? I don't think I know what box. it looks like. It looks like a rocket ship. Oh. What? It looks like a little tiny rocket ship with two seats in the front hmm. for some reason. Who knows why it's a rocket ship? That doesn't make any sense, but it no. looks like a rocket ship. Especially because okay. it goes and into so, the past. You'd think you'd want to blend it in a little more. And, and so as we're introduced to this this ship... Tom Riley, who teaches Sunday school, which was a revelation to me. <laughs> I mean, what a terrible idea. Tom Riley teaching Sunday. Yeah. I'd rather Tom Riley be teaching Sunday school than fucking wit. That's true. I mean, at least Tom won't beat the kids. Right. And so um, Tom, Tom comes to wit and he says, you know, this kid who for some reason is named Digger Dig Willow. <laughs> And you uh, definitely hear that as a different word. We're gonna we're times. gonna refer to you him really as uh, D from here on D. out. That, that's Which my, he that's also my refers decision. to himself as is another episode. Um, so. Yeah, we're just we gonna call him D. Can we also say Triple D because his name is technically his middle name is technically Dig. 
So his full name is. No, that's a that's a joke. No, that, that's yeah. You just missed a very a jo- bad. Joke, that's a quote unquote AJ. joke. He that's says his first joke? name twice, uh, and so somebody's yeah. like, "Your name is that?" No, we'll call. We can call him Double D. Like Ed, Ed, Nettie. Hey guys, <laughs> I met the savior. Absolutely, and he gave me a jawbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so yeah, D. He's he's he sucks. He's really he's, bad. He's in a Sunday real bad school. kid. Bad kid. He doesn't study his Bible. He's right. apparently never heard of Jerusalem before. He's also never really heard about heard of Jesus, but for some reason does know about a number of school? other Bible stories. Very confusing. He doesn't know Jesus comes back. <laughs> it's like that's like the famous twist. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Tom's student, this kid Double D, is uh, antsy because he doesn't love the Bible like the other kids do. And Wit wants to get kids to use their imagination a little more. So Wit coaxes the kid in the Bible room and is like, hey kid, you want to try out my new invention? He's like, what is I it? Is it candy. <laughs> is it, what is it? Is it comic books? <laughs> you got any comic books here? <laughs> Shut up, you stupid kid. <laughs> um, but anything can happen in the imagination station. And so um, the idea of the imagination station, as Wit describes it, is that it is a way to encourage children to use their imaginations. But for me, that never really tracked because as we pretty soon see, Double D hops into the imagination station is like, this is stupid, Mr. Whitaker. And then... Uh, Wit is like... There, it's programmed. Now, climb in. <laughs> sit down. It won't do any good, Mr. Whitaker. This stuff puts me to sleep. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> By the way, just let me know if it gets I'm gonna too fuck much you up, you. I'll turn everything off. Too much for me? I don't think so. Well, I'm going to close the door now, and you push that red button when you're ready to start. Oh, and uh, Digger? Uh, yeah. Hold on tight. Hold on tight? I don't think I'll need to hold on. Hello? Mr. Whitaker? Push the red button, Digger. (laughs) this one? It sounds real bad. It sounds so bad. It's not good. And that's the other thing they always go, whoa, in the imagination station, you know, when it does a thing. And and this becomes a regular trope. Right. Someone push, Wit tells them, push the, push red, the button. red button. They push the red button. It goes, wee, 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 and they go, whoa. Right. Because they're, <laughs> being, they're being transported every time. time. Every time. And um, <laughs> once uh, Double D opens up the door, lo and behold, he's, you know, out in the desert, and uh, fortunately everybody there speaks English, which is uh, a real a real coup. But he still thinks he's in a room is the other thing, because he doesn't look up and see the sky. This kid is fucking stupid. <laughs> he doesn't know anything about the Bible, but he's like, why are guys wearing robes? This looks like Ben-Hur, a movie that famously is about Jesus Christ in <laughs> the Bible. Insane. <laughs> which so- actually takes a sort of a similar trajectory to his journey through the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> the ima- yes, there's definitely like yeah. Um, the imagination station uh, then again is is described as this place in this way to help children use their imaginations. But clearly, as presented, it is an immersive VR experience. It's yeah. not yeah. Like you want it. There's want no kids, imagination. No, you want kids to use their imagination. Tell them to read a fucking book. Yeah. The imagination station is a VR experience. And I, I would really, say it's a, it's a trauma experience. If you're well, telling too. kids to use the imagination station and remember the environment enhancer was just a pair of headphones mm-hmm. this is a stand-in for adventures and odyssey right 
Double D is the kid who doesn't like the Bible but will listen to the Focus on the Family radio drama. Well, the funny thing is Sunday. that there is a part where where he literally says, "My parents make me listen to books on tape." Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yep. Come on. And well, I mean, what's interesting about you know, I think it's it became very clear in this episode, but Wit has a very particular strategy. Uh, when dealing with people like to convert them to Christianity or like, you know, make them true believers, which is that he always starts out with people who are already halfway there. You know, uh, he's like, well, mm-hmm. what do you think of the Bible, Double D? And he says, well, I I don't know. It's all right, I guess. <laughs> and that's where kind of everyone has that baseline. They have to acknowledge yeah. that it is good, but it's just like not their thing. Right. 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 And then they don't want to read about how Zerubbabel begat Zerubbabel and right. Zerubbabel begat Zerubbabel Jr. Right. So it's up to <laughs> which Hittites brought offerings of sheep and goats to the Amalekites and blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. And so it's up to which to put them in to the re-education silo and uh, yeah. shake it violently and scream, your friend is dead, your friend is dead, they killed right. your friend, your friend right. is dead, until they That's come exactly out right. weeping. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't worry, your friend's actually not dead. He came back <laughs> yeah. at the end, even though, and we'll get to this a little later, it has never been clearer to me that somebody just stole Jesus's body from the tomb. Uh, yes! Never has it been clearer that nothing miraculous took place. This introduces one thing that better imagination stations make more hay of, which is it decides to take a side character, in this case, the people who own the house that The Last Supper takes place in, and expands them and lets you in on the way that they live their lives, the rituals that they have, and the confusions that they have when they meet someone with blue jeans, as this clip will show. Yeah. I am John Mark. Who are you? Digger. Digger Digwillow. Digger, digger, digwillow. There's that dumb joke. No. Strange name to make. See, that's just the oh wow, oh wow thing over again. It's mm. your strange clothing. Is this a new material? It's not new. They're jeans. From Rome? No, from Levi's. Levi Strauss. Ah, Jewish tailor. I should have guessed fine craftsmanship. It's a funny joke, but the way he says it is just, it feels a little gross. It feels anti-Semitic, doesn't <laughs> it? It, it really does, but I don't know how. All the words seem fine, but the delivery yeah. of fine craftsmanship, if you know what I mean, and I'm like, I, I don't know what you mean. What are you talking <laughs> you about, John about, He Mark? is a Judean nationalist under occupation from Rome, yeah. which in another episode may have been uh, massaged a little bit better, because right now he's just a guy. And also, like, the the interesting thing, too, that you were saying, Brian, about the way that they will take these side characters and sort of bring them to the fore. Obviously, the nice thing about that as a writer is that it lets you put in details that aren't, are, are, you know, not part of the historical record or the biblical record or, or what have you. The problem with this episode, though, well, both of these episodes, because it's a two-parter, is that it's not willing to fill in any of those gaps because mm-hmm. it's, you know, the story of Jesus. Jesus and uh-huh. to fill it in a little bit too much would be taking too many creative liberties with the source material yeah. and would verge on sacrilegious, uh, at least for, you know, from their perspective, from the writer's perspective. So right. th- th- this op- this episode honestly ends up being pretty boring um, because yeah. what ends up happening is, uh, you know, Double D uh, now ends up at this house uh, it turns out that this is the house where the Last Supper is. We do he a goes, three-day time jump for yeah, some Yeah, there's a three-day time jump. He gets to briefly witness the Last Supper. He sees Judas, uh, you know, walking out. 
Um, for some reason, he still thinks it's a dream because he's fucking stupid. Well, yeah. and because Wit has not explained anything to well, him at fair, all. Fair. Wit Good is point. just like, get in this big mysterious box Good point. that I when just made. When a strange man that you just met says, get in the box, you get in the box. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets in the box and he's like, push the button. He's like, I don't know what the button does. And he's like, just wait, you'll be terrified. Right. And now this kid is surrounded by people that he thinks are real, right? right? This isn't like a VR headset. These are this is like beaming straight into his brain, like actual images of human beings. And he's just like, uh, what's what's going on? Right. And sometimes Wit like turns the simulation off and he's just in this dark void for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's, which it's, is it's, not the first time the imagination station will put someone in a dark, endless void. It, it really is <laughs> as a device, as a writing device. The imagination station is the holodeck from Star Trek. Yeah, right. The only difference, of course, is that when you do an adventure on the holodeck in Star Trek, you know that you're on the holodeck. Yeah. Whereas this kid, he knows that he's inside the imagination station, but you're right. He doesn't know what it is that it's going to do. And this happens, if I recall correctly, a few times a where, lot. where kids cannot differentiate between what is real yeah. and what is simply happening in the world of the imagination station. And it's not as if there is a fail safe that exists beyond, I guess, calling out for Mr. Whitaker. Yeah. But he actually kind of does say, hey, Mr. Whitaker, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, but nothing happens. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, yeah, don't worry. We're going to throw you in a dungeon now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just um, it, like, I mean, consent is all over the fucking place yeah. on this thing. You know, he he just and, says, Mr. Whitaker, I want to stop. And Mr. Whitaker doesn't actually like for the first whole Palm Sunday bit. He's not responding at all. He's like, well, what are you, a pussy? Yeah. <laughs> You'll stay in there and like it. Like, he could have told this kid, yeah, you're going to live out a Bible story in just a couple of minutes. You're right. I I, I, I was too judgmental of Double D um, looking at it from the outside perspective. I can't blame you, though. He sucks. He sucks, yeah. though. He He's really does suck. just so Who's irritating. worse, Double D or Monty? Um, They're the same. They're the same thing. <sighs> they exist in sort of the same realm. I like Monty because he at least was able to fight back and wreck with shit a little yeah, bit which right. I, was, I was really appreciative of he at least but, had the cojones to yeah. smash the window yeah and Monty I agree. is like traumatized double d just kind of sucks yeah you're right you're right okay um yeah it's a clear win for double d although although he's gonna come out of this with probably equal levels of trauma to <laughs> Monty Whitaker but that's what Wit yeah. does he traumatizes people he what <laughs> so <laughs> so uh you know we see Judas leave although uh, another thing that's interesting is yeah, that kind of he, cl out. he clocks it. Double D clocks it. He's like, wait yeah. a minute, the Garden of Gethsemane. So for some reason he knows <laughs> about that and he knows but about a number Jerusalem. of other things, but he doesn't know that Jesus comes back at the end. Yeah. Confusing. <laughs> how, how did they keep this from him? How, Very strange. Did he just like black out midway through every single uh religious meeting actually i we call the mass in catholicism i don't know what protestants call uh, church, church? church okay great we get a peek in and this is very much following the like ben-hur style of don't show the face of jesus or anything like that right right but instead it's like well we have to have jesus talking Do you have so a clip? he's just gonna quote the scripture and he's going to be the dullest most boring. Even if I fall away on account of you, I will never fall away. I'm ready to go with you to prison, to the death. To the death. I yes. tell you, Peter, today, yes, even tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny that you even knew me three times. It's like, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this episode of the Venture Brothers, but there's the nozzle. Moving will disrupt calibration of the nozzle. <laughs> Please wait while we calibrate the nozzle. <laughs> Please do not look away from 
the nozzle. <laughs> Peter, I tell you that before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. Take I this bread and the rest of from the it. podcast episode like this. <laughs> this is my body, which will be given for you. It's like, wow, such charisma. That voice actor, by the way, is Dave Arnold. Like the like the one they mention in the credits all the time? Yeah, Dave Arnold is executive producer, one of the co-creators. He's directed hundreds of episodes. Wow. He has written hundreds of episodes. He directed this one. I don't remember if he wrote this one. I think this might have been Paul McCusker um, at a low point. And uh, <laughs> Dave Arnold is also an executive at Focus on the Family. Oh, I'm just driving Dave Arnold's name home oh, because yes, I know, I know where this Dave is going. Arnold is That's actually right. going to be yep. uh, someone that we're going to talk about quite a bit. Yeah, well, yeah. I briefly <laughs> thought that it was Kevin Sorbo. Uh, playing <laughs> Jesus and that's not completely out of the realm of possibility but you know yeah I don't think that they have um, gotten him to do the show in recent years even though they could they could get Christy Swanson and Ray Wise they and, get all those freaks yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well you know you know what's really interesting though Dean um, Kane. this is really cool I, I did I did look this up because it was sort of bothering me I looked up the voice of Peter uh, mm-hmm. did you guys know this that that is actor Ray Liotta oh, oh. yeah oh Wow, he didn't sound nearly as gruff and uh, nonagenarian as he did in our commercial hmm. recently. Well, I know. I, that was a good get, by the way, Brian. How did you book him? Uh, he used to hang around a bathhouse that I frequently. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to part two. Where we sue for um, libel. This we is we hear that little bit. We hear about, you know, Peter says, you know, no, Jesus, I would never deny you. Like, uh, we know where this is going, right? And Jesus says, yes, you will. You will deny um, me. And then actually what happens is uh, Double D mouths off to Pilot directly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, you and doesn't get idiot. executed. No. And so Wit decides to throw him into a rat infested prison. Right. He gets seized. He gets sent to the dungeon. And then a centurion who is down there uh, keeping watch over him. Yeah. Uh, Double D's in, the, in a cell with another guy. And, uh, centurion uh, comes. and I have a clip of that because he's this is probably the only good part of this episode is the voice actor who's playing that other guy. Barabbas. You're the youngest prisoner I've seen. Almost as young as I when I started. He's chomping down on a loaf of bread. Smarting off the pilot. Smarting off? Yeah, you know, being rude. (laughs) Good. Good boy, you have spunk. You know why I'm in here? No, 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 why? Murder. I kill rude little boys. <laughs> it's so good. He's having so much fun. He's, he's so having fun. He doesn't good. know the phrase smarting off, but he knows spunk. In general, the quality of the voice acting in Adventures in Odyssey will continue to improve over the course of the show. But that is a really great example of a guy who had like, you know, two lines and was like, yeah. fuck it, I'm going for it. And it's this episode Just is so much the better away. for it. Yeah. I'm a little sad that it was the centurion centurion that ultimately takes double D to the mount to see Jesus crucified and that it would that it wasn't like Barabbas and him <laughs> going on like, you know, a buddy cop adventure. Part of the reason that the centurion needed to be the one to take him up to Golgotha, of course, is that in the Bible there's the payoff at the end of the crucifixion where there was a Roman centurion standing nearby who saw it happen and said, surely this is the son of God, which, of course, is the payoff for that whole setup. Um, I I do also find it interesting, you know, whenever someone does a passion play, which this is a a very dry kind of passion play, there's always the question of what you're going to do with Pilate, right? So are you going to include this the one story where he goes to Herod afterwards and then gets, you know, flipped around? They don't include the Herod part. And I feel like most Protestant tellings 
don't include the Herod part, which I think is only in one of the four Gospels. Why do you think that is? I don't know. But yeah, when I, I think I wasn't, because I didn't grow up listening to Jesus Christ Superstar, but uh, the first time I was even aware of the Herod part was when I saw The Passion of the Christ. Oh, interesting. Which is, of course, very Catholic. Mm -hmm. Um, In Christian tradition, there has always been a couple of different ways of portraying Pilate, to the point where in the Eastern Church, Pilate is a saint. He He is granted sainthood in the Ethiopian, the Egyptian Coptic, and the Greek Orthodox churches. I didn't know that. Where they have created a whole mythical life of Pilate that happens after the death of Christ, where he converts to Christianity and all of this stuff. There's there's a lot of argument. There's a lot of like Gnostic and and apocryphal gospels and other texts about Pilate in the later years where he goes to Syria or whatever. There are a lot of questions about it being uh, an attempt to villainize the Jewish people, make it so Pilate, when he washes his hands, is actually innocent and the Jewish people are therefore to be cursed for killing Jesus. Which I would argue is actually kind of the tack that this episode takes. Um, I still think it, it, it portrays Pilate as a weasel and a coward. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. And not necessarily that he was a coward to the crowd, but more that he just didn't give a shit. Right. I, I like that Claudia had her moment of just, you know, them saying, you know, well, you know, it's as God wills. It's like, God didn't have anything to do with this. I convinced my husband <laughs> to do yes. this shit. This has nothing to do with you. And I'm like, yeah, honestly, tell these? him, Claudia. <laughs> She's just holding up her tits. You think God had anything to do with this? I, I always feel a little detached from passion plays or whatever, because it's mm-hmm. actually Actually, I think the least interesting part of Jesus's life. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's because Jesus has no agency in any mm-hmm. of this. Really, he's dragged from place to place to place. And when you're telling something from an unquestioning Christian perspective, the question, like with Pilate and his sanctification, or it's like there's this question: who's at fault? Who committed sin? What was the mistake that they made? And, and, you know, this gets litigated in sermons and things like that. And as a kid, I always thought that was so strange because it's like God killed him. Like right. all of this stuff right. was set in motion on purpose because he was supposed to die the to give anyone, including Judas Iscariot, the fault for for killing Jesus just doesn't make any sense at the end of the day because he we all killed him. That's that's the that's the story. That's yeah, metaphysically right. the thing that happens. And that's what matters. I will also say that Pontius Pilate choosing to send Double D to the dungeons uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to hurting him. Uh, means that Pontius Pilate is officially less violent than John, than John Avery, Avery Whitaker. You're exactly right. <laughs> that's 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 fucking canon. Uh, it also, at one point, um, the centurion says, you can't stop the state execution. It'd be like trying to use a push broom against an ocean or whatever. And there was a brief moment where I was like, wait, so you believe that state executions are bad, right? Like, right? Right? But then I remembered ACAB, all centurions are bastards. Absolutely. So. Hey. Absolutely. Hey. Double D makes it to Golgotha, sees Jesus on the cross. Jesus breathes his last centurion, says truly is the son of God. The heavens open up, there's a storm, you know, the whole thing. And, and the voice then, actor for Jesus is giving it his all in this moment. Like, he's yeah. really going for it. You <laughs> feel Jesus' pain. Yes. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken the nozzle? <laughs> And it really, it, you're right that it is like, it's the Ben-Hur thing or the, um, in yeah. uh, Hail Caesar, I mean, it's, it is that thing, right? <laughs> yeah, they yes. can't show it because the Just idea the of feet. Yeah. I'm surprised they even gave him a voice at all, to be honest. Yeah, like, right. it, because it's, it's like, you know, that was a discussion in the writers. Room. Absolutely. It was. Yeah. It, which um, is why all he says is scripture, but it probably would have been really difficult to do the thing 
if yeah. all that Double D ever did was see him and not hear him because it's an audio drama. Yeah. Like it, it would just other otherwise it'd just be a lot of. And there were a few Which of these where he was why like, they they got their director in, and he's not recording at the same sure, time. He's sure. not like recording at the table with those guys. You can hear the way he's cut in and out. Right. is a little bit different. Right, there right. are a couple points at which. Uh, he actually, when Double D describes yeah. what it is like to be seen by Jesus. And they could have just kept that if they'd really wanted to. I, th I think so much of this was just proof of concept that they didn't mm. want to take it in a bold direction. There are later episodes like the Tower of Babel episode is the one that comes to my mind more immediately that take a lot of liberty, incorporate a lot of other historical things that we know about the region at the time and stuff like that. Um, makes it a lot more interesting. Well, this is like trying to toe the line between the story that they want to tell and then also telling the story of Jesus and then not knowing how to depict right. Jesus himself. Right. So then we yeah. get to the point, Jesus has died, the earthquake happens, Double D is just left back in the void. He is fucking annihilated. Yeah. He is Wrecked. sobbing. Wrecked. He has been, like, he just watched this guy get, like, tortured and killed in front of him. You might as well call him Lynn Nottage because he is ruined. He went into that space as a Doug Trio, and he's leaving <laughs> it a Diglett. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should have been calling him the whole time. Diglett Doug Trio. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so then he gets he gets a little time jump again. Three days later, and I, I thought this was so weird. They don't depict the tomb. No, they just talk nope. about it. Step by step. Yep. Every little thing, and he just has to believe it, which I think brings us to where you were. Look, the preposterousness of him not knowing that Jesus comes back aside, which is a <laughs> huge ask for an audience to not know that. Particularly considering that he already, again, earlier on, he knew about the betrayal at he the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. He knew the name Gethsemane. He knew about Judas. Like, he he seemed to know very, like, key points of the story, and then other points is just, like, yeah. oblivious, which means I think he's narcoleptic and it's just, like, clocking well, maybe, out midway through, or, like, these or, Sunday schools. Or, or, Maybe he only ever saw Godspell. Oh, but but he, Jesus comes back at the end of Godspell. We see a white light. Not in the movie. He can, but he doesn't have to. Oh, I guess not in the movie. It's not um, in the text. Uh, Tom Riley is a terrible Sunday school teacher is what I'm learning from all this. She's explaining that uh, Mary Magdalene went up uh, with the other Marys to like check on the tomb. And she talks and about they're like, like, hey, an uh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> like anointing him with oils. And she says this very flippant sort of it's a burial custom. Yes. As if, like, to qualify, I'm like, okay, now I'm questioning if it's an actual burial custom. <laughs> I'm wondering what the fuck they're going up there for. But it's just like the body was gone and the thing was moved and the guards weren't there anymore. And it was the first time, truly, I've heard this story countless times. Yep. This telling of it was the first time where I'm like, somebody stole that body. Oh yeah, <laughs> nothing miraculous happened here. That was a good old-fashioned grave robin. And also, uh, it's yeah. like it's like oh, there was this big stone, and they couldn't have put it in, in 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 the. The, the 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 soldiers were they were not they 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 they, they fell asleep. It's like no, Instead of course of not. Any of it? It's so weird. It's like there were a dozen guys, and you know what they did? They went and they blackjacked those centurions, and then they rolled the stone away and they took the body. Like that is obviously what happened, based on hearing this telling of it. Being if you're in any way a naturally skeptical person, right? Yeah. And now we're, we're kind he, of in Pentecost. He shows up at the safe house, right? Yeah. So he. You know, so we get the point where he shows up, they do the holes, 
Um, they you know, sure we get do. to the ending of Andras Vishki's Disciples. Uh, <laughs> that's a fucking. That's, whoa. That's, that joke is just for me that's just, it, and, and, and me the also. one Romanian listening to it's, this. It's, it's for me. <laughs> it's for you. It's for one random Romanian, and it's for Stephanie <laughs> Sanders. There's, there's an incredibly loud heartbeat playing in the background. Um, they're all wearing coats with their names on them. Oh my god. Uh, okay, I'm gonna. I'm yeah, not gonna let back. this take riff it, go take any it further. Back, take it back. It's a good play. It's a good play. Uh, I, I almost went with the Beckett joke, but I thought, no, we're going to go. I'm putting my balls all the way in this hole. Um, I was going to go with the Beckett just, joke, but I thought I'd go for the more accessible one. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The, the random um, Romanian playwright who uh, Brian and I happened to have as a professor in college. He's very good. Read he his is, plays. He, he is good. Y- it's Josefina uh, Comparai. She has a, a co- anyway. Um, so Double D ends up back in the void and now there is only the face and voice of the nozzle talking to him. Mm-hmm. Digger dig willow. Jesus. 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 Jesus, I believe in me, digger. Believe. Jesus. And so Diglett Doug Trio <laughs> has been completely love bombed. Yes. Like he has been shredded apart. As a like seven year old child, he has had everything that he understands ripped into little tiny pieces, and now he's been built back up, and he has this sudden conversion moment, and yep. he turns to Christ, uh, and and uh, he says at one point, "What is this thing I'm feeling?" And Wit says, "Well, that's joy," and I'm <laughs> I'm like, this kid has never experienced joy before. <laughs> Well, that's not what he's feeling at all. I, of course, he's experienced joy before. He's a kid. Yeah. It's just that that's not what he's experiencing. Well, no. In in, I don't know if you ever heard this one, Josh. This one always came when Jerry Pipes would come by. He was this traveling. He still is this traveling preacher who tells the same five stories wherever he goes. Mm. Um, has no other. He has like one sermon, and he just does it over and over again. Uh, and he always talks about the difference between happiness. And joy, because happiness, you see, is when you feel good because of something that happens, which is not the etymology right. of that word. No, there's there's and a joy is only this feeling that you get as part of like the um, he wouldn't use this word, but the ecstatic yeah. connection that you have to Christ. There's a hmm. there's a pretty memorable episode of Adventures and Odyssey about this, mm-hmm. and we could listen mm-hmm. to it later. Um, Count it all joy. Absolutely. That's like one of those really sticky ones that's still in my brain. I was talking to AJ before we actually started rolling about how starting to listen to some of this stuff again. I don't know about you, but it's like digging up some childhood trauma. The things that this show treats as being so normal and so just like, yeah, accept Jesus into your life. And, you know, you kid, you just got fucking you know, traumatized over the course of a half hour and built back up again. And now you're feeling joy. Isn't that great? That's par for the course in the evangelical world. That's true. And I think that when I was a kid, the thing about the evangelical church and the way that it operates is that all of these traumas, all of these things that are so fucked are just sort of part of the background noise. They're just there. They just exist. And that constant proselytizing, that constant way of just like trying to break you down and build you back up. That's just part of what the thing is. Well, that's why mission trips are such a big thing, right? It's not about the mission that they do. It's not about the house that they kind of repaint shittily mm-hmm. or like the foundation that they lay for some church. Or about or, the about the kids who they take pictures yeah, with. It's not about that. It's about isolating the kids, getting them all together in a group, 
and and having them experience psychologically this completely unique experience where they are the term that we always used was on fire for the Lord. Yep. You know, you get them singing for sometimes for hours, literal you know, hours on leaders. end. Yep. And it's not even like that's even a conscious thing. It's just that these music leaders are full of themselves and they're never going to make it in like a commercial. Well, career. also they literally and- like, yeah. And they can't, they can't actually um, like talk unless there's somebody like strumming yeah. acoustic guitar and so, behind and, them. And it's like with mission trips were always the things where it's like, we would go on things with the Southern Baptist convention right so it would be other southern baptist church and kids were all like holding their hands up and their hands out and it's like we don't do that that's not even you're gonna go back to church and everyone just stands there and the only reason they have their hand up is because it's holding the hymnal but again it's about like inducing this Mm -hmm. inducing this environment breaking the person down to and they think they think of it as just like you're breaking someone down to their soul you're bringing someone to an actual revelation right but of course the joke always at all of these kinds of things is that you go home and uh, it's gone. It's disappeared because it's the it's the seed in the rocky soil. You and then it bleh, which is happening to my basil right now. And I'm struggling. Yeah. You're describing a cult. You both are describing. And, and it is cult like in, 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 in these par- particularly charismatic parts of the evangelical Christian movement. It yeah. is very cult like. So what <laughs> I'll say about these first two, this first two parter yeah. of uh uh, Wits Magical Reeducation Camp. Um, <laughs> Wits Gulag. Wits, Wits Gulag. Um, Magical Mystery Play Tour. Is that um, to say something sort of positive about it? Um, I yeah. actually think that its approach to the passion story as being kind of a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern uh, outsiders mm-hmm. looking on kind of thing, I don't think that's inherently a bad idea. I actually think yeah. it's probably one of the most interesting ways to approach any story about Jesus's final, you know, week on Earth. I think yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, that being said, what we've been talking about with religion as uh, trauma, there's, I think, nothing that sums that up quite like these two episodes. That yeah. Yeah. it is it is literally tearing this poor boy's skin off of his body to then re- be rebuilt as a, a soldier for the Christian army. It even right. ends with wit being with yeah. him being like, well, who do I tell? And he's like, well, tell your friends and tell your family. He's like, right. But yeah. what about after that? And he's like, well, then you tell the whole world. And it's like he's he's. <laughs> literally trained a Dalek right. to like go out and shoot a little plunger of Christianity at the human race. And, yep. you know, and, and, and we get to, we get to Chris at the end of the episode and she says, well, now double D has entered on this adventure where every minute is better than the last and it will go on forever. It's a, it's a paraphrase of the last lines of the last battle by CS Lewis. Oh, sure. So oh. I had to bring that up because of where wow. we're going later. Once we get to our break, we'll come back and we'll get to our next episode, which is about that Great Commission and what you do as a Christian living in an increasingly secular world. Hey, listeners. Do you like books? Do you like candles? Do you like things being handpicked and delivered to you every month without having to leave your house? Do you like the feeling of a cool breeze on the back of your neck? Do you like watching football? Do you like surprises? Do you like fleece blankets? Do you like the smell of old oscilloscopes? Do you like listening to 90s Christian bands like Bleach, Skillet, or Extol? Do you like hiking? Do you like 
strolling through the park at least? Look, your mother told me what happened at school. I know the divorce has been hard on you, and right after losing your grandpa, we don't have to talk about it. We can just have some fun. Play a video game? I have Super Smash Bros. Do you like Super Smash Bros? Do you like shopping for hats? I know you don't like being here at the apartment. <laughs> but this is the only time we have together for a while, buddy. I've got to go out to Massachusetts on assignment for the next couple weeks. Can't we just... Do you... Do you like ordering stamps online? Do you like podcasts about history, true crime, and the enduring legacy of the Magyar Raid on Bavaria? Do you like paying less at your pharmacy for the same prescriptions? Do you like the sound of old-fashioned vinyl? So many possible worlds, but we got this one. Hey folks, that's it for the preview of this episode. Yes, there is more content. In the full-length episode, which you can find on our Patreon in the show notes, we talk about the evils of teaching children evolution and a very poorly made uh, biblical metaphor that also sets the stage for the episodes of Odyssey that we're going to talk about next time in our very first guest episode. That's right, folks. We've got a real podcast now. So I just wanted to thank you for listening. Please check out the Patreon if you can. And I want to thank our sponsors, which are not uh, whatever that commercial was supposed to be for, but our patrons. Uh, who include Aeneas Hemphill, Ben Ferber, Benjamin R. Alford, Bill, Dominic Russo, Nate Netsley, Octavia Immersive, with a special thank you to Ashley Stoneman and Nikola Donov. All right. Stay safe out there, folks. 